Lady from Day is an original novel adapted for radio. Lady from Day is written and produced by April Sadowski. Previously on Lady from Day, Leah and Taylor talk about escape plans, and Leah is introduced to what may be a friend, a very unexpected one. Book 3. Breaking Out is Hard to Do. Chapter 23. Choosing Headgear. So, when are we going to go? They were in Rowan's room, and Sig had been twiddling his thumbs with impatience. He had already flooded himself with some cider from the inn, and the empty mug was next to him, on an inn table. Mira sighed, brushed back a stray brown hair, and replied, Don't be hasty. That's the shortest way to an unhappy ending. However, it has been over an hour, and I believe I hear the church bells ringing. Uh, let's just wait a bit more so the citizens have finished socializing and get back to the tasks. Mira finished speaking and strapped her dagger that she had taken off to rest back on. It really wasn't necessary at all to have, but in her case, even with all the training she had from the woman before her, a sharp object was always a cleaner and quicker kill than a blunt one. Isn't that the day of rest? Why would they go back? They are resting. They don't make wares today, and will only sell to those out of town. The only reason why most are even open today is because of the men you and Rowan have brought. And Leah. Yes, and Leah. People are coming back. I think we can leave now. The rain has ended as well. Mira nodded, and soon the three were out of the inn and walking through a busy crowd to find their way back to Nessa's shop. They passed by Gloria on the way there. She had been stopped by a richly clad woman, who had been pointing to a seam in her skirts that had come undone. Gloria, always equipped with her tools, was busy sewing it back together. When she saw the three companions, she waved with one hand and pointed to a stately woman down the street, and then she touched her head. Nessa, I'm, I'm guessing. Rowan looked down the wet street and studied the woman. She was taller than most of the townswomen with long, blonde hair. Bits of the hair was braided and swooped up into a delicate circlet that was most certainly one of her own wares. What hair remained down was in loose ringlets. Nessa was at her storefront, positioning a new sign outside of the building on top of a simple crafted ladder. The sign was delicately carved, just as much detail as what went into the items she made. Siegfried walked up to her and addressed her. Nessa? Siegfried asked cautiously, even though he already knew who she was. He didn't want to startle her. She got the sign into the last hook, and stepped off the ladder. Then she turned to Siegfried and responded. Yes, I'm Nessa. How can I help you, sir? Well, I don't think you need a headdress for yourself. Your wife, mayhaps? You see, milady, she is going to be giving birth to my first child, as is my friend here with, with his wife. We would like to get them some celebratory items for, for afterwards. There will be a large feast in our city for it, too. Two births and two months over no moons. It is surely a gift to us and the cities. The three had used the waiting time to practice more on their story and the reason why they were in Moir Awin. It would be easier to believe if they were all on the same page. They had all rehearsed it several times in case it came up in discussion. Mira had given them a run-through of the city they were supposedly from. It didn't really exist. But no one at Moir Awin would know because the city would be in Kalos and not many outsiders would travel there and be welcomed. Nessa had taken it all in and nodded in understanding. So, you are traveling from... 
Tatum in Kalos. Ah, Kalos. They have such a unique culture. I have a few items suitable for that region. Would you like to have a look now? Yes, please. It was apparent she was a good master of her skills, as the reason she asked where they were from was not for curiosity, but a means to sell more efficiently, as she could already tell what they would look like. Nessa unlocked her door, though it really wasn't necessary as she had open windows. But as the building was on a high foundation with steps to the entrance, a person would need a ladder to get up there. The three walked in, led by the famed headdresser as they walked around the shop, passing intricate braided gold pieces of Ferris, gem-studded items from Kyrie, and silver circlets from Fenarion. They finally came to Nessa's Kalos section. They were quite simple in comparison, with tiny runes carved in places to symbolize the unification of Kalos and the technological superiority of the nation. Oh, is this really typical? Yes, quite so. That's why they don't like outsiders. They are very proud people and feel too good for anyone else. They keep things simple because they don't see the need to impress. At least pretend that you like it. Beautiful work, miss! It would certainly make my wife proud! Only the best here, of course. These are the more elaborate of my Kalos pieces. I don't think you would need something of that kind of magnitude for a birth celebration. Nessa walked over to another circlet. This one was much thinner than the former, made mostly out of silver. There were thin copper vines that made themselves into the silver metal. Here, I think, is something that would be more appropriate. It's simpler and can be used for any season. Yes, this will do fine. But what about my good neighbor here? I have just the thing to match. It is the same design, but reversed. Nessa picked up another circlet nearby that was copper, with braided silver vines. Will this work for you? I assume you will need veils to accompany this. Sure. That would be most appreciated. If you could stay here for a bit longer, I can send down some of this fabric to Gloria the Seamstress to make veils for you. She can have them done sooner than I would. You may wait here. It won't take too terribly long. All right. Thank you. Rowan bowed slightly with his head, to which Nessa returned. She headed out the door with a bolt of semi-translucent white fabric. After she scurried out of sight, the three put their heads together in discussion. If all goes well, we can leave tomorrow morning. I would like you two to practice your night and day sneak skills. We can't take too many chances. And you need to tell your men about the time change. You don't want them to give up your position. Oh, actually I had forgotten about that. We had told them to meet us and leave tonight, and speaking of which, it's getting kind of dark. I'll go and tell them if you would finish up with our headdresser friend. I'll have to go out the back way because I don't really want her to see me. If she asks where I am, though, could you tell her I had a stomachache or something and went back to the inn to rest? Homesickness? Perfect. Siegfried went out through the back door that they had seen earlier. Shortly after he left, Nessa returned, although a little puzzled, to notice a missing customer. Gloria had done her work, and there was the remaining bolt in one hand and two finished veils in the other. Did he not like my wares? Uh, he felt ill and returned to get some sleep at the inn. I just think he is missing his wife's company, you see. I guess I will be making the purchase for him, but we all like your wares. Rowan winked and then removed a coin purse from under his shirt. He handed her the amount she requested, 
took the circlets to hand Amira, and then took the veils. Pleasure doing business with you, sir. Ha <laughs> same to you. Rowan and Mira left out the front door to travel back to the inn. The street, luckily semi-paved, as this was a rather prosperous town now due to the location, was almost completely dry from after the rain, led them back to the inn, and Sig had apparently arrived now a moment too soon and was waiting outside for them. Huh, they were about to leave when I arrived. I caught them right as they were heading out. They were a bit nervous about waiting till morning, but once I told them about the gore-like ice, they calmed down a bit. Still, it's unusual to fight like this. I don't like it. Adjustment. Rowan and Sig, now is the time to train each other and your men how to be silent in light and dark, and how to fight. I will leave you now. Wait, you can't leave. We need you here. The forest is calling me back, and I must heed its call. You know enough to work well on your own. I cannot teach you any more or any longer. But you need to know that we have rescued this green woman you're seeking. We need you to make sure we've rescued the right one. Very well. I assume that once that is done, I will have to find something to do outside the forest anyway. I will need help adjusting myself as well. Yeah, you see, that's the spirit. Oh, uh, sorry about that. I will be off at least asleep. The forest can be my bed till morning. I will meet you here at dawn. Oh, you will do no such thing. You may take Leah's room at the inn. I don't think she would mind too much if you took it. Your spirits, however different, are similar in nature. Although she isn't your green woman. I am aware. And thank you. There is no need to be defensive, Siegfried of Dwivenay. Make yourself comfortable. We will practice our skills while you take your leave of us. Mira nodded, entered the room, and closed the door. Rowan and Sig then continued down the hall, discussing what they would do at sunrise. Before they let themselves give way to sleep, they did practice their stealth with each other in preparation for the next day. Rowan is played by Faithorn. Siegfried is played by Jaunty Hat. Mira is played by Randy Anderson. The narrator is played by R. Douglas Barbieri. Nessa is played by Alexa Chipman. For other casts and credits, please visit www.ladyfromday.com. That's www.ladyfromday.com. Join us next time for the continuing story of Lady From Day.